It's a Friday edition of Locked On Grizzlies. And oh, DeMichael, guess what came out on Thursday? The NBA schedule. And oh, everybody's so mad at John Morant. DeMichael, we're going to talk about this. Guess what game is the first game on TNT for the Memphis Grizzlies in the upcoming season? Just guess. I'll, you're gonna, I'm going to give you three. You only need one. Just kidding. We're going to talk about it next here on Lockdown Grizzlies. Listener, viewer, you don't even need you, – you're going to get it immediately. Guess what game's the first one? Let's lock it. You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. game 26 it's game 26 i'm gonna kill the lead i'm breaking all the rules here to michael on this friday edition of lockdown it, out, Grizzlies. Yo, it, it is go. game let's 26 go. Go. you hypocrite nba <laughs> schedulers I, i'm Husa. i'm breathing i'm breathing it's all good they couldn't help themselves joe they need john they need them you nailed it welcome to a friday edition of lockdown grizzlies i am joe molinax and i can assure you that i need my co-host to Michael Cole to have a steady hand uh, for an episode of Locked On Grizzlies. Imagine if this was a solo Joe episode talking about this schedule. It would have been off the rails for sure. But thankfully, it is not, dear listener, dear viewer. You've got myself as well as to Michael Cole of the Commercial Appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee, talking all things Memphis Grizzlies and in particular the regular season schedule on this edition of the podcast. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. As proud members of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team each and every day. Make sure you're checking us out again wherever you get podcasts, as well as on YouTube. Like, comment, rate, review, subscribe, all those things. The schedule has been dropped. The last time we were together, we talked about the in-season tournament. Now, this is the overall regular season schedule. And, you know, we'll talk more later in the show about the John Morant effect. But I really do just find it amusing to Michael that the NBA, we're going to be mad at you. We're going to punish you. And, and we're going to do the things that we think are necessary to make a point that your behavior is not acceptable. But you better believe the literal second that you are eligible to Didn't be back, one game. Literally perfect symmetry game 26 on TNT. And the Grizzlies have one game on ESPN before Jaw returns. And they have a couple on NBA TV, but I don't count NBA TV. That doesn't really not count. Me either. Either. They can say it's a national game. It's not, right? It's not a national game, at least in my opinion. So they have one national game, ESPN, and then lo and behold, we'll talk more about it later on the show, the national TV games start rolling in for the Memphis Grizzlies. But again, we'll, we'll save the John Morant stuff for the end, dear listener, dear viewer. Hopefully you'll stick with us for the entire program here on this Friday. Let's start, DeMichael, with just overall thoughts on the regular season schedule. Uh, again, we'll talk about major stretches later on in the show, opportunities for Memphis to go on a run in terms yeah. of a swing opportunity. Things could go south uh, potentially for them if they don't do what they're supposed to do in some stretches, I think. But just overall thoughts, looking at the schedule, you know, sometimes you think a game is going to be a win that's going to be a loss and vice versa. Yeah. It always works out that way. Uh, but just general takeaways from – the 82-game slate, or I guess technically 80-game slate right now. They'll add two games later uh, for, the, for the Grizzlies looking uh, at their 2023-2024 campaign. Well, of course, you know, Joe, there's the obvious stuff that everyone wanted to see. You wanted to see the John Morant 
potential return game. You wanted to see when Dylan Brooks, when Tyus Jones will return to Memphis, when the Grizzlies will play those guys for the first time. We saw all of that. But I wanted to see kind of the schedule within the schedule. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the first 25 games of the season, you remember we talked about it a couple days ago. We were, we were saying, will it be the Magic twice? Will you get games against the Charlotte Hornets? Will you get games, you know, against the Spurs pretty much in that stretch? Mm-hmm. Or will it be a grueling switch? And I think what we got, Joe, is uh, by my math, at least 20 of the twenty of the first 25 games will be against Western Conference foes. Mm-hmm. Doesn't take a, a, a wise man. Doesn't even take a wise man to let you know that the Western Conference is much deeper than the Eastern Conference right now. So uh, it, it's going to be tough. And the reason I said at least 20 of 25 games because the Grizzlies have the two open dates. We talked about it. In the last episode about the end-season right. tournament, if the Grizzlies advance in the end-season tournament, those two games will be in the knockout round and, and, and whatnot. But if they do not advance out of the group stage, those two games will be against two other teams that do not advance out of the group stage. So you got those two open spots. So, But at least 20 of 25 games, uh, multiple games against the Suns, three games against the Mavs, who we don't know if they're going to be good or not, but we know they got Kyrie and Luka for – a full offseason now. Like, I'm not dumb. Like, that's two of the best scores in the league. Uh, Let's just keep it real. Um, For me, it wasn't even just that. It was like, okay, they got three Eastern Conference games, right? One of them is at Washington against Tyus Jones and the Wizards. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't move me too much. The other two Eastern Conference games, Boston Celtics. Granted, in Memphis, but you get the Boston Celtics and you get the Miami Heat. So not only are you playing most of the Western Conference, the Suns, the Lakers, mm-hmm. the Clippers, uh, two games against the Suns, uh, three games against the Mavs, all in right. this stretch. Not only that, Joe, but you also get the two teams that were in the Eastern Conference Finals. How does this matter? It, it's not just about the strength of the schedule. Think about the Mavericks, for example. If the Grizzlies and Mavericks are somewhere close in the Western Conference standings towards the end right. of the season, the Mavericks will say, guess what? We had three games. We played the Grizzlies without John Morant. The Grizzlies with John Morant will only get to see the Mavericks one time in the regular season despite playing. Wow. Like I, I want to see how this early 25-game stretch could potentially play into the Western Conference standings. I think that's pretty significant. Obviously, the Grizzlies being without their best player for such a large chunk of the of the upcoming campaign is pretty important. I, I'm with you on that main takeaway. The first thing I look at look at when I'm looking for the schedule, because I'm I'm selfish. I live in Richmond, Virginia, in the Richmond, Virginia area, about an hour and a half south of Washington, D.C. The Grizzlies are in Washington, D.C. for their visit to the Wizards early, October 28th, the third game of the season, and it's a Saturday night partner. I think I think I might have to brush off the old media pass for that one. I might have to apply to cover on behalf of Bluff City Media and Locked On Grizzlies. Do a little media action for that Saturday night game. Be like you. If you can, if, if, now that I know you you're going. for that game. You I, can I, do I, it I, I, got, I got good incentive to go now that Joe Molnax. I mean, if Tyus Jones wasn't enough, now Joe Molnax may be in Tyus the game. Jones. Tyus hey. Jones plus Joe Molnax equals to Michael Cole coming to Washington, D.C. We could do an in-person ev- edition of Locked On Grizzlies. That would be a lot of fun. So, I think that that's the first thing I look at. Like I said, uh, I'm selfish and I like to see 
if I'm able to go to that game. And this year I am. And I plan on telling my wife that we're, I'm going to I'm going to make that a priority that weekend. Um, another thing that I like to look at and we'll talk about those long stretches here in a little bit, you know, not just long times at home or long times on the road, the longest road trip, the longest homestand, but also just like stretches of difficult games, right? Like times where the team is playing just a bunch of really good teams in a row. And obviously you can couple that with maybe a stretch where it's not quite as difficult, right? So for example, uh, in late January, early February, the Grizzlies have a stretch where they are playing Sacramento, Cleveland, Golden State, Boston, and New York. Five games in a row against five teams that, in a variety of ways, could make an argument that they're among the top 10 teams in the NBA, right? So that is extremely difficult. On the flip side, later on in March, again, Ja will be back for all these games. They have Atlanta, Oklahoma City, Washington, and uh, Memphis, Charlotte in Memphis, Oklahoma City in Memphis. So those are five games that, theoretically speaking, should be easier for the Grizzlies. You could argue that Oklahoma City is the best of all the teams that they'll play, and I think OKC will be improved, but you get my point. Like It's not like you're playing LeBron James, then Kevin Durant, then Steph Curry, like you might be in other stretches in the schedule. So I am interested in seeing how these long stretches of games matter. That, again, the one I just mentioned with the OKC games, that could be an opportunity for winning five in a row. On the flip side, the tough schedule before that, maybe they go on a little bit of a lull, all of it before John, or after, excuse me, all of it after John Morant returns, as Michael alluded to. Lots of interesting pieces to break down from this regular season schedule that we're going to continue to take a look at next here on Lockdown Grizzlies. But first... This episode of Locked On Grizzlies is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Football season is about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you, yes, you, dear listener, dear viewer, the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time that they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl. Maybe it's the Tennessee Titans. Maybe it's my Washington Commanders. Probably not. I don't know that I would make that pick, even though I'm a Washington Commanders guy. But regardless of who you select, you're going to get bonus bets for every single victory. And you can use those bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. When we come back to Michael and I, we'll take a closer look at some big stretches coming up for the Memphis Grizzlies now that the regular season schedule is official. We'll talk about that next on this episode of Lockdown Grizzlies. Stick around. Welcome back to Lockdown Grizzlies. I am Joe Molinax of Bluff City Media, also of SB Nation from time to time as a contributor. My partner, DeMichael Cole, the commercial appeals Memphis Grizzlies beat writer there in Memphis, Tennessee, along for the ride as, you know, like I said, I'm I'm, I'm being very patient to Michael, not yelling about John Morant yet. I'm, I'm making we're almost our, to that our point. audience. We're I'm almost to that audience point, I want you to let it out. Tangent. Oh, I'm, I feel like, you know, in the movie uh, Inside Out on Disney, the Pixar movie, the yeah. anger. I, I feel like that. It's I great. said that. Building. I said that. That's yeah, you. You did. Yeah. You, you're, you did say that. That's true. You're exactly right. And that's exactly how I feel. But again, that's the main event. We're still building up the card here. And we're talking about the schedule release. And I want to shout out Rob Fisher, who I know you know 
uh, yep. fairly well through the work that you do over the commercial appeal. He's a Grizzly sideline reporter. He does a phenomenal job every year breaking down the Grizzly schedule. And I also want to shout out Bluff City Media, the, the media group that I work with, uh, not just because I think they're great. I love the Anthony Sane show and all these other great things that they do. Um, but I also really want to shout them out because they did a really good graphic on the schedule themselves. Uh, this is my busy time of the year, so I'm not exactly sure who made the graphic, but kudos to whoever did it. You deserve it. Um, between Bluff City Media and at BCM Grizzlies is where you can find it. And Rob Fisher. And uh, let me make sure I give Rob the, the correct kudos for his Twitter handle at the fish nation, F I S H nation. Uh, check out their Twitter accounts because there's really good breakdowns in terms of the schedule. And I'm looking at Rob Fisher's right now. He agreed with me in terms of the tough stretch that I mentioned earlier in the show, the Sacramento, Cleveland, Golden State, Boston, New York. He included Indiana in that because it was a back-to-back. So you've got a lot of games against a lot of good teams. And Indiana will probably be a little bit improved, but he was focused on the uh, the back-to-back aspect. I'm curious, to Michael, when you look at the schedule, what stands out at you? Is it difficulty of opponent, like I was referencing a little bit a while ago? Yeah. Uh, is it stretches of time where they're at home because there's one that i'm definitely going to talk about if you don't uh is it long road trips maybe they have a random you know four game road trip they're home for literally one game and then they're on another road trip which is technically just a really extended road trip because memphis is one of the cities uh that it's almost like they're in and out even though they are stationed in memphis of course uh what do you look at in terms of possible swings in the schedule key stretches what do what really kind of pops out at you looking at this schedule from a oh Memphis could go on a heater here or oh Memphis could really struggle here yeah a a couple things stand out but if we're talking about stretches here there's one stretch in March that is going to be a big one I always outline March Mm -hmm. every year on the schedule because the Western Conference is just it's it's no mercy like Joe we we could literally argue right now we could make an argument for probably 10 teams to finish top six in the western conference absolutely maybe maybe 11 maybe even 12 like it's that many teams out of the 15 teams in the western Mm -hmm. conference that have real shots so that all leads me to believe that when we get to march each one of those games that's going to matter that's going to be the difference between the grizzlies jumping from seven to five probably or, or five to three or three to one uh, in those standings, because you got games against the Sacramento Kings mm-hmm. on the road, playoff team last season, on the road against Golden State. Then you go to San Antonio, uh, which is sandwiched in between there. Then you go to Denver, the reigning NBA champions, and you go home, and all you just get the Lakers for your one game at home. And then you go to 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 the uh, on the road in the Eastern Conference. So things get a little bit easier, right? You get Orlando, you get Detroit, but then you end it with Milwaukee. Right. Uh, that stretch of games is one that stands out to me. Uh, the last three games will, will probably lighten up a little bit, but still they're road games. So you, you can't overlook uh, either of those opponents. But it's really that four-game stretch on the road and then coming back home against the Lakers. Joe, I can almost be willing to bet right now that that stretch is going to have a huge implications on playoff standings, whether it's the Grizzlies – uh, solidifying themselves at the top of the standings or it's themselves trying to work them work, work their way up to the top of the standings or it's their way trying to work themselves out of the play-in into the top six. 
whatever the case may be, before they get to that stretch, that stretch will have heavy implications. Uh, again, Sacramento, Golden State, San Antonio, Denver, Lakers at home, and then you go on the road. Orlando, Detroit ended with Milwaukee on the road against Giannis and the Bucks. I think that's a big stretch. You could easily argue that's the most important stretch of the season. I think that that's a very easy uh, point to make, and I'm not saying that you're wrong for making it. I think you're exactly right. Uh, the one positive from those games is none of them are a back-to-back. That is the one yep. positive. So you're looking at you know, playing a bunch of good teams, traveling a ton, but at least you're not doing the Houston to Memphis back-to-back or the mm-hmm. San Antonio to Memphis back-to-back, which doesn't sound that bad, but you play a game in San Antonio, and then the next night you're in – Memphis playing the exact same team. The NBA's, mm-hmm. Yeah, and the NBA is doing more of those. They're not doing as many of those. Um, and usually when they're back-to-backs like that, it's home and home. Like Memphis played Portland twice in a row, uh, March 1st and March 2nd, for example. Um, the stretch that I'm going to point out, and I just think this is amazing, and my I, I am genuinely stunned that this is I, – I, you pay more attention to these things than me. Maybe I've seen this before. Here is the month of February, basically, starting with February 8th. They play a few games before that, five games before February 8th, or four games, excuse me. (sighs) On February 8th, they play the Chicago Bulls. Then on the 10th, they are at Charlotte. Once they are done being at Charlotte, they play seven of their next eight games at home. And never mind, DeMichael, the fact that as part of that stretch, it's the all-star game. So. There's a back-to-back in there. They play Houston on the 14th, Valentine's Day, and then Milwaukee the 15th. But from from February 8th through March 2nd, they are going to be on the road twice. Twice. At Charlotte and at Minnesota. That's almost an entire month at home. At least three weeks at home. And if you are realistic about all-star possibilities... Jaron Jackson Jr. likely will be an all-star. I think that's a fair bet to make with Ja Morant out. Maybe Desmond Bain. That would be cool. But I think Ja or uh, Jaron, excuse me, with one spot is the most logical result. Aside from Jaron, that gives those guys almost three weeks at home. You travel some with the team, not as much as the team does, obviously. How much will that matter? The, the fact that between the all-star break and a seven of eight at home stretch there, like I mentioned, eight of eight of 10, basically at home, how important will that be to get them ready for the stretch run? That's, that's a put your foot now stretch right there. Yeah. That's the stretch. I mean, I saw it too. I saw that on the schedule as well. And it, it stood out to me automatically. That's where you say, we, we got to go on a win streak here because because before that, before that run that you just mentioned, there's one of those late January road trips, just like they had this past season. If you right. remember the late January road trip this past season, it wasn't pretty. 0-5. Oh, uh, the Grizzlies did came out of their winless. Mm-hmm. But um when February got here this year, uh this this upcoming season, when February gets here, the Grizzlies will have a chance to to turn a new leaf. Uh you you outlined the home games, but it's not just the games. I mean, it's Chicago. They might be all right. Charlotte on the road, but that should be a win. You get New Orleans at home. You get Houston at home. You get Milwaukee at home. You get the Clippers at home. You get the Brooklyn Brooklyn at home. And then after Minnesota, going into the beginning of March, 
you get two games as you as you already uh, mentioned. You get two games against Portland. That's a stretch where you talk about uh, the standings implications. That's a stretch where you you create space. You know, as we've seen over the past couple of years, the Grizzlies have been really good at doing that. Where um, you know they clear cut number two seed for the past two seasons. Um, but this is one of those stretches where you really create some space. Again, credit to Rob Fisher. The best month in terms of his view of the schedule is February for a lot of the mm-hmm. reasons that we just outlined. He says that the worst month is December. Neither of us really talk too much about December. Obviously, Jaw returns December 19th. Everybody assumes at that New Orleans game on TNT. We're about to That's talk a tough, about it's that. It's a tough slate. But, yeah, not 9 of 13 on the road, three back-to-backs. They're all road and road back-to-backs. And again, this is from at the Fish Nation. Uh, four game trip in there, and obviously the end season tourney. You know, I, I was very ignorant American, apparently, according to those in the comments on YouTube. Which thank you for commenting, by the way. Even if you want to insult me, if it makes you feel good, I thank you for commenting. It's appreciated. It's fun to interact with you guys there on YouTube. So uh, December's his toughest. February is his easiest. We'll obviously have more to chew on with this schedule as the off season grinds forth. But to Michael, here we go. The main event has arrived. John Morant's return is the second national game for the Memphis Grizzlies. And after that, like a rocket to the moon, the national attention on the Memphis Grizzlies will increase. I am going to talk about the hypocrisy of the National Basketball Association next here on Lockdown Grizzlies. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to Lockdown Grizzlies. I am Joe Mullinax of Bluff City Media of SB Nation as a contributor, and of course, most importantly right now to you, dear listener, dear viewer, of Locked On Grizzlies, my partner, my co-host, Michael Cole of the Commercial Appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee, is along for the ride with me. We just confirmed our first mandate, it sounds like, earlier in the show uh, in Washington, D.C. in late October. I'm looking forward to that to Michael. But even the joy that meeting you in person will bring cannot calm me on this edition of the show from the ridiculousness that is the National Basketball Association. Because darn it, John Morant, you are giving us a bad, bad look. We are going to suspend you for 25 games. Bad, John Morant. Bad. You should feel bad. You need to complete all these things. You're suspended. The second, the literal second that you are allowed back on, not just in a game, on an NBA floor. Now, maybe you can correct me on that to Michael if I'm wrong. Maybe once he gets through game 25, he's allowed in the practice facility the next day. But if you look at the schedule, like we've been talking about, if Jaws' return is the 19th, oh, look, I just answered my own question. The 18th, the day before, is game 25. So that will literally be the first day that Morant is allowed back in the facility. Now, is he actually going to play in that game? Who the heck knows? I would be willing to bet he does not play in that game. I think but- – I think based on past history, and, and I wrote a little bit about this, but I didn't touch uh-huh. on it too much. But um, I'll say it like this. I've talked to some people around the league, and I've been led to believe that John Morant uh, will be allowed to come back around the Grizzlies before the suspension uh, is over. Well, that's, so that's significant. I, I, that is I'm not here. the current state of play. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, right now, it's still unclear as to when that would be. But I've been pointed to examples like DeAndre Ayton. Remember when he had the uh, yeah 
25 game suspension, I believe it was for performance enhancers or whatever the case may be. Right, he was right. allowed to return to practice before the full extent of that suspension and other long suspensions over the course during the season. Uh, I've been led to believe that people around the league uh, value the health standpoint in terms of they're going to let Ja be around the team. Uh, it won't be a, he, he'll be around the team before uh, that day. So I think that could be when he debuts. Okay. So, we'll, uh, and I would say, you know what, DeMichael? That just adds to my fury because that's exactly what they're going to do because he's on TNT and Shaq's will be on the, hey, it's the big Shaq Diesel. Can't wait to see Ja come out there and play the basketball as best he can. That's exactly what's going to happen. That's exactly what's going to happen. And the redemption arc, hopefully there's no one wearing hoodies on the side that says redemption or anything like that. It's just going to be John Morant playing basketball live on TNT. And, and my frustration with this to Michael is if you're going to punish, if you're going to discipline, if you're going to, however you want to spin it, the fact that it's just so clear that they still see him as a moneymaker, right? He is very clearly a meal ticket for the NBA moving forward, still viewed as a very key star. And the NBA is a business. I get that. I'm not that ignorant. I understand that they're in a position to try to make money and John Morant is going to make the NBA money. But come on. Like Jaron Jackson Jr. is one of the better players two-way style in the NBA. Desmond Bain is a terrific story. One national game out of 25 and then all of a sudden at game 26, the national profile of the Grizzlies grows. Uh, you can tell me I'm overreacting, and I'm prone to that. I'm not going to say that I'm perfect in that regard. But I, I just think that's just so ridiculous that if you, if you are going to say, Ja, the NBA can carry on without you, maybe you shouldn't make game 26 the first time that they're on TNT. It's mixed signals. It's mixed signals for me to Michael. So it's capitalism. It's the NBA. It's 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 all about you know this. It's all about the money. You shouldn't be surprised. They act like ball. You're suspended. What a terrible view of the NBA. I'm giving Adam Silver a lot more testosterone and bass in his voice than he's got. And I agree. But but here's the thing. I'm I knew. I said I I. I just got the feeling that 26, it, it would be funny if it was the 26th game. I said maybe the 27th game. They're going to try to be slick with it, maybe. But well, no. At least 27 they, would be a little more slick, like you just said. Yeah. But it wasn't even just that. It's the fact that you have one national, I'm not counting NBA TV games. You have one national televised game before John Morant's return. Uh, early December, I think it is, against the Mavs right. on ESPN. Mm-hmm. After he gets back, potentially, you're talking about 12. The Grizzlies have 13. I think that ranks 11th in the NBA. But if you start at that point of the season, I'm pretty sure that's got to be somewhere in the top 10 at least. I mean, there's clearly a John Moran effect here. And um, getting back to your point with the hypocrisy of the league, I will say this, though. If it's Adam Silver, I don't know how much he – how much Lee, you know – say so he has in the scheduling side of things but adam silver's always uh struck me as someone who was very remorseful towards john from the standpoint of he doesn't want this situation to end john you know he's not giving me the david stern like you got one more strike you know type energy he's it seems like he's more like 
man, I really want to help this guy, but this isn't good for the week. That seems like that's the energy that I'm getting from Adam Silver in this situation. So them putting him on national TV first game back against the Pelicans, against a you know a team that the Grizzlies have a lot of history with, I, it, it makes sense to me. Uh, and quite frankly, I think that might be one of the Grizzlies' most viewed games of the season. Of course it's going to be one of the most viewed games of the season. Again, I, I want to stress, I agree with everything you just said, partner. It doesn't, it just doesn't outrage you. It outrages me. Like, it's just so crazy to me that you, again, I, Adam Silver, in my opinion, is one of the most overrated commissioners in the history of professional sports. Oh, you're coming I, I, out hot now. You're I'm, coming I'm, out I'm, hot. I'm ending, I told our, I told our listeners and viewers to stick around. I got a hot take. And I, I, this is an example of that for me that I, I think it's, uh, he has a business that he's running. He is the employee basically of the 30 NBA governors or owners, whatever you want to call them. So he has a duty and a responsibility. And obviously you're right. It's not like Adam Silver sat there and mapped out every schedule. Somebody else did that. A computer did it somewhere. You're correct, but he's responsible for it. Right. It's like a head coach of any organization, sport, whatever. Something happens on your watch, you're responsible for it. He, You don't get to have all the media appearances and the big contracts and all those things. And then when criticism comes, sure, there's somebody in his department or in that department that is specifically responsible for that. But if Adam Silver went to the scheduling department and said, you know what, I really want to make a point. I want to show the NBA can move along without Ja Morant. We're not putting them on national TV until 2024. Boom. Now we're now you're sending a message. Now, okay, fine. Uh, no TNT, no ESPN. The league can move on without you, Jaw. We're not covering your return in the least bit. <clears throat> That's not what's happened. They are very clearly going to try to profit off of the return. I, you know, money makes the world go round to an extent. Money makes the I, world go round. I, I get it. I you got to put those emotions to the side. When we're talking money, oh, I don't, man. I don't care how much you dislike John Morant. You, you, everyone with a brain understands when John Morant's first game back on the floor, there are going to be eyeballs everywhere. After a twenty-five, it's going to probably be the first time he speaks publicly, you know, to the media. Uh, sure. it's I would be it's going to be that. Yeah, it's going to be eyeballs everywhere on that. I mean, it's it's, it's brilliant from the marketing perspective of the NBA. I'm Joe. If you, if it was your money that you could make in that situation, you'd probably make the same decision. You're talking to the wrong person. I chose to be a teacher for a living and a high school football coach. So you're talking to the wrong guy when it comes to money. Uh, but I, I again, I want to stress to our listeners and viewers who will mock me in the comments for uh, for being ignorant. I understand everything that Michael just said, and I agree that he is most likely right. I am approaching this from the idealistic, if you really wanted to discipline John Morant, you probably wouldn't bring so much attention to his twin. And again, 25 games, massive suspension. This is probably an additional episode of Lockdown Grizzlies to Michael. I feel like there's waves to this. Uh, maybe even on Monday, perhaps, we can keep talking about John Morant and you know the fact that the Grizzlies, I would say they're probably top seven or eight in the NBA in terms of national games upon his return. Um, you know, is that right? Is that wrong? That feels like a, a good point of of conversation for our next episode on Monday, perhaps. 
Yeah, I, I agree. There's so there's so much more we have to unpack. Yeah. We haven't yeah. really and I'm we gotta talk about the Dylan Brooks return too. Yeah. Remember I told you I was out there in Vegas. I was mm-hmm. I was standing right in front of Desmond Bain and Dylan Brooks when they when they traded words and, and you know DB basically said he's gonna lock Bain up and, and Bain talked his little trash like it got me pumped. So that, don't sleep on the, those Houston Grizzlies games. Uh with Fred Van Fleet, Jalen Green, and all yeah. those guys, those are yeah. going to be some fun games to watch. So it seems like we have some more to discuss about the regular season schedule, including continuing our conversation about John Morant and the national TV stuff. That'll be our Monday edition of Locked On Grizzlies. But for now, thank you all so much for making DeMichael and I and Locked On Grizzlies part of your NBA and Memphis Grizzlies content consumption. It is much appreciated. Like, comment, rate, review, subscribe, wherever you get your podcasts, as well as over on YouTube. Again, we'll catch up with you guys on Monday. Refer to Michael. I'm Joe. Be safe. Have a wonderful weekend. Stay locked in. We'll catch you next time on Locked on Grizzlies.